Hello, everybody. Welcome to the next Firecast. Put me in the background. Grab some popcorn. Or continue doing whatever you were doing at work. I am your host, Fast Fire Guy, who is a streamer, a person with no sleep schedule, and likes to talk about different random topics. One of my favorite, which is one of which is what we're going to be talking about today, is space. One of the things I keep seeing being asked over and over and over again, why should we care about space? Why? We have plenty of problems here on Earth we need to solve. So why do we keep exploring? Why do we focus and study and spend billions of dollars on projects for things that, you know, might not even do anything? You know... A lot of people complain about the James Webb Telescope. This thing is millions and billions over budget. And it's getting sent out, you know, relatively soon, hopefully this year, to study exoplanets. And a lot of people ask, well, why do we even care? You know, these planets are light years and light years away. So even if um, the James Webb, you know, discovers life, or discovers signs of life, what are we going to do about it? They are light years away. It will literally take us, at the, traveling at the speed of light, a year to get there. And most near stars are at least four to ten light years away, and the chances of those having life are very low. So why should we care? We can't even travel at anywhere close to the speed of light right now with human spacecraft. You know, why are we spending all of this money when we have people here who need help, who need resources? Or why do we even care at all? There's not going to accomplish anything. It's the same stuff repeated over and over again. And this isn't a new thing. This has been going on since the dawn of astronomy. For example, um, about 100 years ago, 100, most, you know, basically during like the 1700s, you know, seven, not a hundred years ago, but you know, a long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. Very funny brain. Um, August Auguste Comte, who was a one of the one of the better philosophers, and actually one of the fathers, and really strong proponents of positivism in culture, said is quoted in saying this. Humans will never be able to visit the stars, that we will never know what the planets are made out of. That the, this is the one thing that science will never understand, because they're so far away. You know, and he has a fair point. It'll take years, decades, even with our current technology, even if we were able to make even their theoretical stuff go. It'll take years to even get anywhere. So why study it? Why go when it may have no value. Well, my first proponent in this is that humans, we have a natural inkling to wonder, to explore. It's been with a, it's almost encoded into our DNA to push the boundaries of what we know and then to push past those to try and understand what we don't know. 
This has been true throughout all of history. Through why do you think we've? Why do you think that we explored? Why do you think we had the first people cross over the ocean? If they have that same mentality, of well, there's no meaning for this. You know, we already have what we have here. We have problems here. Why are you trying to push the boundary? Well, we need to push the boundary. Pushing the boundary advances us. It pushes us into a new light. We learn things. We can progress as a society. It's it's one of those things that, you know, I keep seeing, and I just... It's so hard to wonder. Like, you know... I guess more of I'm biased in this, because I love space. You know, I'm someone who plays KSP on stream regularly. I love exploring space, theoretical space. I love, you know, delving into that, you know, theoretical life stuff. It's just something I love to do, and I know a lot of people don't. And they probably wonder, why should we care? Well, one of the reasons we should care is... that it's something we need to keep pushing. Earth, one of the things that's for our own species is survival. And I say this for several reasons. One, we could have a nuclear war on Earth. Could kill everyone here. And that's how our story ends. You know... And several times that almost happened during the Cold War, where everything on this planet that we know would have been gone. There would have been practically no survivors to be anywhere close to rebuild the human race. That would have been the end of our story. Another, you know, a civilization that rose, built progressed, and then just blew each other to pieces. Gee, that's creative. That is... That is a great future. A future... I'm being very sarcastic, if you can't tell. That's not something we want. It isn't. That's not something we need. It's just not. So, learning about how to put people in other places, for example, Mars, for example, you know, the moon, we'll be able to progress society forward. We will be able to potentially, one day, if we do become a multiplanetary species, survive something that could have wiped us out before. And that's huge. That'll allow us to continue, allow us to continue progressing. It's a safety net, you know, for the generations behind us, just in case, you know, some things we do are irreversible. For example, things like, you know, certain climate things, you know, are could be irreversible. Certain... Nuclear weapons things could be very irreversible for hundreds of years. 
So having a safety haven is probably a good thing. Secondly, it gives us an understanding that of, you know, different things. You know, science, the best way to push science forward is to put boots there to test. There's a lot of things we can't do on Earth that we can do in space. Um, there's a, you know, there's a lot of things, you know, that were pushed by the space age that we now use today, you know, that even if it's just for everyday convenience, for example, something we almost use today for complete comfort in almost all situations that's like taking the world by storm is memory foam. Memory foam was developed all the way back in 1966 by NASA. And it was used just, it was literally used for G-forces during takeoff and landing for NASA astronauts. And And... Now it's used pretty much in all pillows, shoes. You know, something that helps with everyday comfort. Something that actually makes life easier for people who have, you know, damage to certain parts of those areas, you know, due to health issues. You know, some of them need that kind of cushion, you know, to not put as much damage on their legs or feet, you know, due to certain health issues like charcoal foot or... You know, maybe they just have really bad arthritis and they need, you know, something to help cushion their legs to not put as much force into them. Um, for example, I myself am a bowler. I love having memory foam soles. And I know a lot of bowlers do as well into their shoes so that way it's not as hard of an impact, especially if you plant. Don't recommend it, but a lot of people do. And so having something like that helps, you know, preserve your health longer. Now, it's not the same memory foam, but it's still something that progressed out of it. Um, doo, doo, doo. Actually, one of the bigger things as well, uh, freeze-dried was invented for space. Um, you know, for food storage. One of the another things, hearing aids, like um, co I think it's like cochlear implants. I think that's how you pronounce them. Um, they are like a form of hearing device that um were invented during, like, the 1970s. And these corrective hearing implants allow them to hear better. Uh, something you might actually have seen a lot recently are infrared thermometers, you know, due to the pandemic. Something that we used, you know, to make sure you're healthy. 
um, you know, the ones that they use like for your head and everything, like the ones that you don't need to do, like put in your mouth, like the ones they use on your heads at like most places now uh, to make sure you're not sick with COVID or have a fever. That came from NASA. And a lot of, and don't forget uh, a lot of th other things as well, you know, have been developed for, um, by NASA. And, you know, are a result of us pushing, you know, things forward. For example, something that actually people like me use since I'm a type 1 diabetic, the insulin pump or was something designed for diabetics. And it's something that actually came out of the space age and it saved countless lives. It's basically a way that, um, I don't know how exactly it works, but I know it's a way, um, instead of like doing needle injections, which are something I do, it allows them to have a, it's basically a computerized replacement for the human pancreas that auto puts in the insulin for them. It saved countless lives of, you know, children, adults, You know, it's, it's huge. Um, LASIK surgery, air purifiers, water filtration systems, you know, something that, you know, NASA and them have developed and, you know, worked with. Wireless headsets were being first developed. Cat scans, you know, it's just so much stuff that came out of space age research and technology. You know, that might have not been directly used by NASA, but something that came out of the research they have been able to do. None of that would have happened if we would have pushed for space. So a lot of things that we use in our everyday lives are here because we tried to push for the stars. People's lives have been saved by some of these items. So when, you know, I see these things saying, like, why are we spending, you know, so much on space stuff? We are trying. The developments that could come from this, the stuff that can come from certain research we can develop, you know, on the moon or, you know, like, you know, microgravity. Research that can come out of it goes into the private industry. Or hell, even the government could do it. And what comes out of that is things that can benefit the public. And without those things, our lives could be a lot more inconvenient. And space is the future. For that, you know, I can't give, you know, direct things for what the future research is going to bring because I don't know what they're going to discover. You know, we don't know what we're going to discover on the surface samples from Mars that our latest rover, you know, that's on the surface. Um, Perseverance is going to discover because one of the missions of that rover is to gather samples of Martian soil 
and then another mission will come down, pick those up, send those back to Earth. And with that, the amount of knowledge we could gain is almost, you know, in, you know, invaluable. You could not put a value on it. The Artemis missions, things being developed for Artemis, you know, probably will one day come to our daily lives. It's just... You know, there's just so many things, you know, that NASA's helped develop over time that we really can't appreciate and we really need to push forward. Um, another thing which I really need to get, since I do wear glasses, is scratchless lenses. Um, yeah, those were invented by NASA, you know, for the visors, you know, those visors, you can't have those get scratched or else uh, it's going to be a pretty pain in the ass doing your EVAs, especially if we're going to do long-term stays there, you know, I think it's cheap. I think it might be, you know, it might cost a little more in research, but you know, it's probably cheaper to do that than uh, build a lot more spacesuits, you know, for every time, you know, kick up a little bit of moon dust. You know, and water filters. I mean, like that's, you know, something I meant. You know, something that, you know, I mentioned already, but that's a little important. Another thing they also did that we actually need if we want to stop some of these irreversible things is solar cells. You know, them using, improving, you know, trying to pioneer different things for solar cells and are, are something we need if we really want to push back, you know, certain things, you know, in climate change. Because while it might not be as bad as some of the things in the media may portray it as, it's still something that we are doing. And I think we need to reduce. And solar power is, you know, something we need. You know, solar power is important. <laughs> You know, high-tech imaging cameras as well. You know, there's just so much we can thank space for. And we need to continue exploring so we can develop new things. So that way we can keep pushing. You know... Radiation resistance is something that we are, NASA's heavily, heavily looking into for long-term space. You know, and that can really help. Because that, because things we develop from that could help prevent certain radiation-based cancers that, you know, we develop on Earth. You know, 
for example, like a lot of skin cancer is done by the sun. So if we find out a way to reduce radiation from the sun in space, then we might be able to prevent some of those skin cancers from developing here on Earth. And then that'll save many, many lives. A lot of people's lives have been affected, you know, by things like melanoma or other skin cancers. And if we can find ways, you know, to prevent that, that's huge. And that's things we're looking into for, to push ourselves, you know, to things like the moon or even Mars, because they're not going to have the protection we have here on Earth, because here on Earth, solar radiation gets knocked away because of, you know, our magnetic field, our atmosphere, and it absorbs or pushes, you know, out a lot of that, you know, stuff, except for, you know, super, super, super heavy solar Stuff that comes, you know, from like huge coronal mass ejections. But in space, on a rocket ship, you don't have that Earth's magnetic field and atmosphere. Mars has a, if we go to Mars, Mars has a significantly weaker atmosphere and magnetic field. And the moon, the moon has none. The moon has no atmosphere and it has no magnetic field, so... The people we put on there are going to be hugely at risk, meaning we need to develop things for this. So you see why I want to continue pushing. You know, for space travel, it's because it helps us here on Earth, just not in ways, you know... You know, you see why I keep pushing for it. You can obviously see my points. I un um, one of the another important thing that's actually come out of even more recent. You know, because I keep pulling up. You know, thing. Oh, you know, things. You know that came up in the past. Um, think for, I'll go to Hubble. Um, and another thing that's come out is programmable peacemakers or pacemakers, which help people who have heart issues. You know, you know, people who have heart issues, they need that. Um, another thing that we have that has been huge um, basically uh, a lot of things are the way we detect a lot of breast cancers for, especially in you know especially today was developed from Hubble Space Telescope technology like, the, you know, the digital system that, you know, that allows them, you know, to look at certain cells or look at certain patches so that they, you know, that way they can kind of see like, hey, you know, this doesn't look so much right as, you know, normal. You know, we should investigate. Maybe it is, is cancer. Maybe it's nothing. That was developed from technology that we used on the Hubble Space Telescope. 
You want to know what else came out? Um, the f- it's actually really really interesting. Um, foam that was used to insulate the space. Uh, this is something I actually just learned by you know just looking it up so that way I had more things to do. Foam used to insulate the space shuttle external takes for less expensive better molds for artificial arms and legs. That's insane. That is in that is insane. That literally helps thousands of people, you know, who either weren't born with them or lost them, you know, due to certain things like medical things or it's just there's so much stuff we gain from this research in ways we might not even know and yet there are still people who question it You know, who question our desire to keep pushing. Well, us keeping pushing helps the world. It helps push people. It helps get us further. You know... And that's why we need to go to space. There is so much more we can learn, so much more we can hopefully prevent, you know, awful, awful things that affect the human body and that affect people's lives. That if we keep pushing for space, we can prevent. You know, maybe we can learn new technologies, you know, the push for new laser technologies or, you know, nanobots to help construct things. You know, there's talk about getting those for medical uses to help kill cancer cells. You know, that things, you know, that are offhanded, you know, from the science community and NASA work on. There's so much we can do with this research that we learn. That is why we need to push for space. That is why space. That is why we need to look at the stars to, to conti- and continue our search. Because... It pushes us forward. It makes us better. And overall, it helps everyone. Thank you for listening to today's podcast.